Welcome to the Hustle System Podcast, where we unpack the patterns of success from some of my favorite people in the space of internet marketing, music, video production, entrepreneurship, and much, much more. Today with me, we have the lovely Ashley Han. And Ashley is a rock star in marketing. You can find her on socials at ashley.han. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y dot H-A. And, and, and she runs an awesome podcast called The Ashley Hand Show, which we will include a link down below. In this episode, we talk about branding, morning rituals, meditation, spiritual practices, how to really manage your time and how to manage your team so you can get the most out of every single moment. We talk about the importance of abundance, how to build a great company culture, as well as tons of things about mentorship, self-control, self-awareness, and how to just generally be an awesome human being. I'm extremely excited for you to dig into this episode. It is quite the firecracker with lots of energy. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's dig in. We've never wavered in that vision. yourself and ourselves. I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Well, I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app with incredible rapidity. One electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. Thank you so much for being here in your purple dress. It is a blast. <laughs> My purple dress. Yeah, no, it's purple. I love you. I'm great. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, What is your earliest memory in life? Being a little kid. Yeah. My earliest, you know, what's so funny is I was actually asked this by Forbes Riley. I don't know if you know Forbes Riley. She asked me this question. And um, the one that came to me first, which I'm sure this this isn't my first memory, um, but I was dancing to Ice Ice Baby. Ice, okay. Ice baby. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's about well, what, what, what con? Where, where, where were you? Were you just on uh, a living room? I don't, I, it was like, I, I must have been, I don't even know, super young, dancing Ice Ice Baby for my parents. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that was the first one that came to me when she asked that question. So I'm going to. There we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I wish mine was as, as colorful. Mine was nowhere near as colorful. Um, and then you went on, on this great journey. Okay. So, um, Ashley, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, you can find her at ashley.hon and, uh, you've got an awesome podcast. It's, uh, ashleyhon.com slash show. Absolute blast. You're one of the best branding people I know. Like when I tell my people to make my podcast episodes, I'm like, just look at what Ashley's doing and just copy it. So that's a, that's, that's a great compliment. That's a great compliment. So, um, when did you realize you were kind of weird? And how to do your own thing. <laughs> when, when, how did that happen? <laughs> I love this question. I realized I was weird very early on, probably while I was dancing Die Size Baby. <laughs> um, and by the way, th- thank you for that. Um, I appreciate that. I, um, I also am going to lovingly correct you. It's Han, not Han, Han but it happens all the time. So you're, you're not the only one. I'm like, like, right, like because Han. It's, it's because, okay, <laughs> like Han okay. Solo. <laughs> okay, so it would be Han for Han Solo, but your full name is a Hannah Wacker. Hannah Wacker, yeah. Hannah Wacker. So then if you had the A, it's Hannah more like Henna. And so that makes more sense. 
Yeah. Those yep. There you okay. go. Okay. You got um, it to- total uh, happens all the time. Um, so, ha- okay. So your question was, when did I get weird? I got weird early on, man. Like I knew that I knew that right away. One, one thing my dad told has actually still tells me to this day is he says that my number one best trait is my goofiness. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes can, I snort when that. I laugh. You know, if you're funny enough, Michaela might come out during this episode. I may snort right into this microphone. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, luckily my editor is here to, to not edit that out. <laughs> to, to I'm amplify, good with that. <laughs> amplify that. I love that. Um, well, let's unpack that. So uh, I, look, all entrepreneurs are super weird, right? And so how much of that did you inherit from your parents? And how much of that was a counterplay maybe two things that you grew up with. How did that dynamic develop? Well, my dad's definitely a big weirdo. So he has a big influence on like all, all the, and people who know my dad, which some of my audience, like I put him on my story a lot and they always crack up because he's, he's just such a goof. Um, is definitely, you know, a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit is due to my dad, the way he raised me, um, early on. Um, and then, you know, it's funny that you're asking this question because, when we talk about, you know, kind of, you know, standing out and, um, you know, uh, being, being different and, and being weird and, um, and being an entrepreneur and, um, like that, it's funny. I, I just kind of drew this connection, but, um, you know, I was really bullied growing up <clears throat> and I was really felt really isolated. I also kind of had some, let's just say I had, I had a little bit of challenges with my mom at home. And, uh, which had me consistently feeling like not good enough. So I was having the bullying at school and then also kind of having bullying a little bit like that feeling with my mom, even though, you know, she was loving me the best way she, she knew how, um, we have a great relationship today. Um, I ended up kind of going on this journey of wanting to prove myself, um, which I feel like is, is really common. I was, I just got off a call with Lori Harder and similar, you know, like we, it's like, we kind of go in this thing of, okay, oh yeah, watch me. You know, and we start proving ourselves and and going on this kind of path where, you know, at the end of the day, it's not when you get to the result that you want, you think that you're going to be happy. And then it's not, you know, because you're actually doing it for the reason of external validation, which as we know is, is, um, is not true fulfillment. So it's just interesting you asked that question because I was just talking about that connection that I drew of that, of that proving myself. So I'm actually very thankful to the bullies and I'm super thankful to my mom because it is why I'm here today, right? A huge reason why I'm here today. Um, and at the same time, it's powerful to realize that, you know, why we do the things we do. If, is it for the proving and external validation or is it truly authentically because like it brings us joy, fulfillment, and we, you know, we feel like we're living our purpose. Totally. I call that the engine, right? It's like, you can, uh, you can have that little engine in your car. That's like, I will show them, I will show them. Mm-hmm. And then you can drive on that for, for a while. Actually. I think a lot of yeah. entrepreneurs have that where it's like, I'll show you. And, uh, you know, the, I think the relationship with the parents is, is a huge one. Um, for me, for example, I kind of had to be like the adult as of like eight and a half years old. So for me, it's like, I will, I will do it. I am the man. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, you have a very like go-getter attitude, which, uh, which is kind of funny. So What's your driver now? What's your like that thing? Because you're just hustling. You just look like you're having a blast all the time. I'm just going to be honest. You just look like you're like, you're just living the absolute dream. Um, I'm, I don't know how many coffee mugs you actually have or how oh you procure. Oh my gosh, I love collecting coffee mugs. Where do you, how do you even bring it? Because you travel a lot, right? 
So, what, we'll, okay, tell us about these coffee mugs. I have to know about this. This is like, this is like the best okay. thing ever. You know what? Like, it's funny because my friend, like, my friends say, well, "What do you want for like your birthday or, or you know whatever?" I'm always like, "You know what? You can't go wrong with coffee. A cute coffee mug with like a cute saying on it, a candle, or um, or a cute coffee mug, candle, and I forgot the third one. But anyways, those are my top two: is the coffee mugs and the candles. Like, can't go wrong. Um, but anyways, I I just have a thing because I have a morning ritual, and part of my morning ritual is drinking coffee. So. <laughs> coffee really <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> and and um and you know it's part of like i i have my coffee in my hand and my book and like one thing I, I i will not do this is like a weird fact about me is if i am ever served coffee in a glass which some restaurants do this they serve it you know in a in like a clear like a glass like for cold drinks like it's mm-hmm. something a cold drink i, I can't drink it <laughs> I'm like, could I, is there any way I could have a coffee mug so I can pour it in the coffee mug so then I can drink it? Wait, why is that? That's a a, a weird quirk. (laughs) Yeah, it is a quirk. There's something about like the experience of holding a coffee mug. I don't know what it is, but it just like, it feels cozy and warm. And then like the cute coffee mugs are just like cute. And then it just feels cozy. So that's the best way I can put it. It just feels cozy. And I love feeling cozy. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And you travel so much. Do you just have like a, a small person that just brings your coffee mugs with you everywhere? Well, well, like a big one, of my, one of my suitcases is actually filled with coffee mugs and candles. I believe, wait. I'm just I, kidding. I, I totally could <laughs> see that too. the listeners like, what the? I could <laughs> totally see that. bringing in? <laughs> I could totally see that. No, for sure. Well, I think it's funny because it's a part of your brand, right? It, like that little, like making a statement with the journal next to it. Like yeah. uh, you, one thing that you're very- Journals, very, that was the third one. That was the third one, journals. I collect journals. Journal. Okay, keep totally. going. Totally. And we can, we can talk about a journaling practice, morning ritual. You kind of seeded that. So I'm sure we'll unpack mm-hmm. that some more. Uh, one thing you're very good at, if you watch um, you know, actually social media, is like consistency. You have consistent little themes that kind of pop up. And that's why I bring up the coffee mugs. It's always like coffee mug, journal, little pen, and then like this nice cozy view, right? Mm-hmm. Nice cozy view. It's consistent. You can yeah. almost tell it's an Ashley photo without you having the tag like you look yeah. at it and you're like who's co-? like if i had like you know russian roulette like of all the people i know whose photo that is i can tell which ones are yours <laughs> and you do a great job with that consistency and also with um like the color theory so can you talk a little bit about like uh, how did you structure your life where you're sharing these things and then they're like kind of unique but familiar um, and how do you go about uh, branding? And we're going to kind of weave these together. We'll weave some more yeah. rituals and stuff. But mm-hmm. when it comes to branding, you know, the fact that I have that impression of like, oh, I could tell that just by the color, just by the things. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some things that people could do maybe right away, like immediately if we were to go boom, hyper practical, they're trying to build a brand. Uh, yep. What are some things that they can implement, say three easy things to create that same sense of familiarity and association that I have with you? Well, yeah, that's a, it's a great question. Um, and you know, that's one of my big things that I speak about when I speak about personal branding is consistency um, and consistency in, in two ways. One is like, you know, yes, what you said, cr- delivering a consistent message, right. Or a consistent look and feel like there's that consistency. And there's the other part of the consistency, which means like reliability, right? So, for example, the the frequency, right? If you're um, if you say you're going to put out a podcast every Wednesday, you put out a podcast every Wednesday. If if you say you it's your daily morning ritual, then it's your daily morning ritual. You know what I'm saying? So it's um, consistency. Also, for me, means you know that your your people can count on you, your tribe can count on you to show up when you say you're going to show up. 
Um, and so in terms of what the, what you can create, you know, li- the listeners right now, and you know, just think right now, like maybe just spend a little time and brainstorm and think, what are some things that I do every single day? That's a really big part of who I am because everyone has their own thing. Like it may not be like what I do is, is specific to me. And there, yes, there may be other people that do that same thing, but that's something that I know for sure every day is very important to me. It's not something that I, that feels, you know, out of like, out of character, like I'm doing something that's contrived, you know what I mean? Which that's not going to feel good. So don't do that. Think, what do I do every day? Maybe it's that you go to the gym every day at the same time. Maybe that's you, right? So then you're doing some, you have some kind of post that you do every day that, um, that it looks, that has kind of a similar feel or message to it. Um, and you, and you consistently post that, right? So it just, I would encourage those listening to really get clear on like, what do I do every day? And and even try to go deep, like what's something unique that I do, like without fail every day, like what's something unique that I do and just start sharing it. And you'll be surprised to see the results because you're not the first person who's told me that I've, I've received that actually quite a few times about those posts that I do every morning for my morning ritual. So yeah, those are, those are great. And I think it's super important. I have my little 5 a.m., you know, I've got my like little Jocko Willink-esque, uh, it's 5 a.m., what are you doing? I'm at, you know, at Equinox already. Like I've already, you know, done the workout. And I think it's a little bit in, in your face, which uh, I think is fascinating. And we'll definitely talk a little bit about how to get in people's faces and get, you know, not quite under their skin, but kind of get them to trigger certain thoughts in their brain as for marketing angle. We'll definitely unpack that in a minute. But first, since we're talking about mornings, since we're talking about morning rituals, so let's talk about journaling. All right, drop it on us. What is your morning ritual? Are there marshmallows? Is it hot cocoa? Is it coffee? Nobody <laughs> knows. Nobody knows what's in the mug. We think it's coffee. You could totally, <laughs> you could totally be doing crazy stuff there. Um, so b- break it down. You know, you wake up uh, and, and, and what? You just... You're just so, so I have my, I have my non-negotiables, which are like, I take with me wherever I go. Cause as you, as you know, like I travel a ton, especially this past year, I've been traveling a crap ton. And of course, when you travel, your, your rituals are going to look a little different and that's okay. You know, um, I, I do have my non-negotiables. My non-negotiables for my morning ritual are every morning I meditate. Um, that's the first thing I do before I make my coffee in my cute little coffee mug. Um, I meditate and then after I meditate, I pray. So that's the first thing. I do not have a very strict rule that I will not look at my phone, which that was really hard for me in the beginning when I made that rule because so instinctively, you know, it's just like it's right next to you. It's your typically your alarm. If you if you do set alarms in the morning, you want to reach over and then and then of course when you turn off the alarm, like you'll see some notifications, I'm sure. And and it's so easy to get sucked into that. Um, so I, I decided and I, I was doing that. I would get sucked in right away first thing in the morning is really unhealthy. So I made a, a very strict rule, like absolutely not. No phone doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is, even if I woke up a little late. Um, so I always do my meditation and then my prayer. Once I finish praying, I give myself permission to, to, to grab my phone. I still don't check emails or anything like that yet until I've finished, completed my ritual. And then what I do is I, create, I make my coffee and then I read and I journal. So those are like my, my core four things that I do in the morning. When I'm at a stationed at home, home, which I haven't been for a long time, as you know. Um, I also, 
would walk Tucker because he's not always with me when I travel. So I, I do, which is really nice because it gets me out in nature. It's one thing I'm super grateful about when I, when I am with Tucker is like, he gets me out of the house and in nature, you know, that's um, your, that's really uh, nice. That's your, that's your pet morning. panda, right? Tucker is your pet panda. <laughs> yeah. He's my, he's my pet furry 20 pound panda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's amazing. He, he's, he's a, he's a big star on, on a, a lot of my audience loves typical Tucker. I hashtag typical Tucker anyway. Um, and so then I, I walk Tucker and then, um, oh, I like candles. And of course, like not always where I am, uh, do I get to light candles? Um, but that's something that I'm really huge on your morning ritual, feeling like an experience that you can look forward to. Cause when we create an experience, there's some emotion in there and that's what actually creates, um, a desired experience, right? So for me, candles, fireplace, they create this like experience for me of like coziness and comfort and safety and like warmth. And so um, I, I really believe in creating a space that feels sacred and feels like an like a ritual, like an experience rather than like a check off routine, like check, check, check. You don't want it to feel like that because that's not motivating. It doesn't, it's not inspiring, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally. that's I what that. I do. Let's talk about that journal practice a little bit more. Uh, what does that look like? Is that you know, is that like a, like a little, like a girl's diary or does it have a little bit of uh, more of a action item oriented thing? Are you kind of like clearing the previous day? Like what, what goes in there for yeah. your journal, you know, and do you, and do you revisit it ever? Or are you one of those people that just journals and puts it away and never looks at it? I have revisited it and I think it's a good practice to do it. Um, you know, at least, you know, maybe once, even if it's just once a year, like kind of going back and skimming through, um, and I don't do it all the time. I just, I've like, I just did this, you know, in my journal now, um, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of reflecting back and I was like, wow, it's really interesting. I remember going through that. Um, <laughs> are we dancing? I'm totally dancing. I'm dancing. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally dancing. You ever have that where you just have, get like a song in your head? It's like and out of saying, nowhere. Dun, like there's dun, no dun. song playing and just, there he goes. Dun, dun. He's, he's off. He's off. I'm moving off. and shaking. That's uh, that's how my brain works. That's that's why that's why the <laughs> universe it. is happy. Yeah, that's what that, the, that's why that's why we're here. We're both weird. That's why we connected in the first place. Very much so. What's what's the bright thing to your left or right? What is that? It looks like a poncho. No, to the other way. What is that? Oh, this is my backpack that my brother. It's um, a cool I, backpack. It's very cool looking. Me. I was trying to figure out what it was, and I'm like, it looks really cool and awesome and. <laughs> Uh, I was just like, I could just see like, that's like your off time gig. Like you get off this podcast and then you just go like lead, like, you know, an adventure up into the mountains and you're like the Sherpa. And that's like your, your thing. I can see you doing that. Yeah, for sure. You're like, okay. follow me. Da, da, da. And you know, okay. all the people come together. Uh, I love it. What, uh, what goes in the journal? So what do you, what do you put in there? Yeah, I put, um, <laughs> I put, it depends. So sometimes it's a stream of consciousness. I'm not one thing I'm really clear about is I'm an analyzer personality type. I, f- I feel like you are too, actually. And what we can tend to do is we actually get so rigid, like it needs to be a certain way. And so then we actually cut ourselves off from experiencing other things and opening other doors for ourselves. So one thing I'm really clear about that I, that's evolved in my journal practice is doing whatever feels like I like feels right and, and feels like what I'm Meet what I need to do in that moment. So sometimes it's a stream of consciousness where I literally just like pen to paper and I commit to not to, to just dumping whatever comes out. And a lot of times some surprises will come out and you're like, whoa, okay, cool. Um, and other times, yeah, it's something that's on my heart that I know that I, I've been 
maybe too busy, quote unquote, right, to to actually sit and process through. So maybe it's something that happened, you know, um, like the other day I had an argument with my mom and I it, it happened so quick and it was like just kind of small and sudden. And I realized, you know, I care so much about that woman, so, so much she's my best friend that um, it does affect me. And I, and I kind of just put it under the rug and I didn't deal with it. So then one of my journaling sessions was, I, I felt like, okay, I get to kind of write that out and process that, that emotion. And then I could clear it out, you know, because when we, when we allow ourselves to do that, we are able to clear things out. Um, so yeah, so it just really honestly is whatever I feel called to write about. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way to journal. I think that when you start to go there, when you start to kind of judge the way you journal, then you've missed the point completely of journaling. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. I was just listening to um, Tim Ferriss podcast and uh, he has Penn from Penn and Teller on there. And uh, Penn has a 20, 30 minute journaling practice. And uh, he actually uses it as the way to remember uh, where he was and what he was doing. He actually goes back to it as a way to reassociate with a particular emotion, or as you mentioned, a particular experience that he mm. was having and store it in memory. So let's say there was a very happy day. Um, he kind of highlights that and to remember the happiness that exists and it's happened to us. So I found that to be kind of a fascinating thing. And I love uh, that. Yeah, I've started kind of applying that as well. Um, very, very cool. Uh, very interesting that you mentioned with the boundaries in the morning. So that's that's very cool. I'm sure that took you a while to develop to kind of set your own space, set your own stage. And uh, let's talk about girl power. Let's talk about girl power. Let's just talk <laughs> about power. it. Yeah, totally. No, I, okay. So so this is this is huge for me. This is huge for me. As you know, like I've worked in like dating spaces and like business space, all these different spaces. Yeah. And what I see time and time and time again is this really on psychology with men, okay? With men specific, particular, right? Um, you and I were having that chat when uh, we were driving and like, you've got your whole team, you're like building websites, your branding is awesome. I've seen the websites you build, they're freaking kick ass. They are awesome. Um, and can you unpack that? Yeah, can you unpack that? Like, let's just hit the nail right on the head. Like, do people disqualify you as an entrepreneur because you're a pretty girl? Like, does that happen? Oh, How do you deal with honey. that? Honey, yes. So that was the biggest reason that I hid for so long. Uh, I I was actually, I totally would downplay myself and my expertise and my knowledge and my business mind. Like I would downplay it and I would hide it actually because of the painful experiences I had of rejection, right? Of, oh, you can't possibly, like there's no way that you could be, uh, like smart, like you smart. No, you're someone's plus one. Like who, who's plus one are you? Like, you're not meant to be at this event, right? Like I literally had people, the first thing to say, so who's plus one are you? I'm like, no, I'm here for me. Cause I was invited to this event, you know? And, um, and, you know, I've, I had lots of those moments where, you know, and, and it was like, I dressed, you know, I've always dressed more like playful than professional, you know, especially just when I'm out and about. Um, and so, you know, and I, and I like to dress sexy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, like in a classy way, I like to dress sexy and I, I, and I like accentuating my, my, my feminine parts of me, you know, and I, I love seeing other women do that too. The thing is, is when you start, when you do that, um, it, this is also a fear of many women I talk to is like, will people still, res will men still respect me? Right. Will they still take me seriously? And I was finding that so many people weren't taking me seriously. So then I went like this whole freaking, I created a 14 day booty challenge. I did like an 11 day ab challenge 
because I felt like that was the most socially acceptable thing for way for me to show up online. Because if I were to show up as a businesswoman, people wouldn't even think I was credible. They wouldn't respect that. But oh, fitness influencer, that makes sense for her. You know, so and that's what people would tell me, like, oh, you should do, you should make fitness videos. I'm like, I should, you know. So then I started going this whole like route, and um, and Gary Vaynerchuk was actually the one who called me out on it, and he was he just was like, what the are you doing? <laughs> like, you're a business mind. Do you realize no one knows this? Like, if I were to come here to your page, I would think you're a personal trainer, which all my friends did, by the way, I think I was a personal trainer, and I wasn't. And he'd be like, no one here, no one knows that you're a business mind. Why are you hiding? And I realized that I was playing into my victim story and all these um, judgments. And I was like, no. And that was the moment. That was a moment for me where I decided that no more, like I'm going to show up as I am. And whoever rejects me, rejects me because that's their own worldview and that's their own perception and way that they choose to operate. And it has nothing to do with me. And all the, what I get to do is continue to, to, uh, courageously and bravely and boldly show up as me wholly and completely. So that's the mission I'm on. So yeah, I'm really happy you asked that. That's a, that's just like, yeah, that's, hashtag, that's my journey. Hashtag girl power. <laughs> girl power. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. I love it. Well, I think we really need more men standing up. Uh, this is a re- like become a recurring theme. Uh, I had Corrine on the podcast and she's a great entrepreneur as well. And this comes up over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, it, you know, for me, it's like, why? why? Why is it that you can build these beautiful websites? Like, you know how to manage a team, you know how to brand, you know how to position, you know how to convert. And yet, it's all this work that you do kind of gets flushed down the drain from a social standpoint. Um, and the, yet at the same time, you know, I think it's very powerful. Um, I was having a conversation, who was this with? With Craig Ballantyne, if you know Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's done a lot of great stuff. And you know, I asked him, like, who's your, your mentor? And um, he really warmed my heart. He said, Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx, right? So he's, he's like, if I could model any entrepreneur, um, you know, I'd model her. And I, I think we, need, we really do need more men standing up and saying, hold on. Yo, she, out, she outperforms you, dude. She's outperforming. She's out, you know, she, she's crushing you. She's crushing you, man. And I think a, a lot of guys um, aren't comfortable with that. I think it becomes a competitive frame and they get scared. They get scared because the, you know, the last thing you want to be is the guy who got like beat up by a girl on the playground, right? And so um, I, I love, I'm loving this woman empowerment movement because it's like, it's, it's the wave, right? We've hit, like, if you look socially, you know, the 1900s were not like the greatest place for women in business. And now there's, there's that kind of, there's that rub, right? Girls are like, dude, I'm building my own company here. And then guys are like, whoa, what's going on? And this transfers into uh, the personal relationships yeah. in, a, in a unique way, right? So if it's like, um, it makes men have to stand up to a higher level than a lot of men are, I think, capable of, comfortable with, and it forces them to push their comfort zone so far out of something that they're used to that they're like, well, why do I have to do this? And I think we, do, we definitely need more men like actually pushing their comfort zone pre, uh, preemptively and mm-hmm. saying, no, 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 I am going to be a leader. And you know what? She, she's not my plus one. She's actually her own one. I'm her, and, uh, and without necessarily saying I'm her plus one, right? But mm-hmm. so it's like creating that dynamic that, that, that is equal footing, equal grounding. So I wanted to unpack that because I just see that so often and it's subtle mannerisms. It's not even an overt thing. People aren't talking about it 
uh, openly as much as they really need to be. It's mm -hmm. these subtle little social cues that you notice at conventions, at parties, at networking events, where it's on their mind and they're not willing to say it. And they're, they're not, like most men aren't willing to go on a podcast like this, have you on and be like, let's unpack this thing. Let's yeah. unpack this here. Uh, and then stand for it as a, as, a, as a point of consistency and congruency and power actually to reinforce your power as a woman. So I just want to kind of mention that because I love the stuff you're doing. I think it's super powerful. And with some branding stuff, like you outperform the stuff I do sometimes. And I'm just like, what the heck? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what? And then you're like, yeah, but I'm cozy with my coffee mug. I'm like, dang that girl. She just, she was crushing it. Yeah. I yelled at my team. Like this is like, a, I think like two or three weeks ago, like we dropped a podcast and like your graphics were so good and ours I felt were so shitty. And I yelled at my team. I'm like, you got like five dudes sitting here. You guys can do a podcast graphic. And of course my, my dude, Mike is, is on this thing, you know, editing it. He's like <laughs> laughing in the background because he remembers the day. Um, so, so, and, and, and I think it's, it's a very like, it's a very warm feeling for me. It's like, it's not like a, Oh shucks. You know, she's kicking my, it's like a very warm, playful, fun uh, yeah. kind of thing, you know? So it's like being on the playground and we're all having fun. Um, so thank you for unpacking that because hearing that from you, uh, it, it creates, there's a lot of vulnerability there. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, can you maybe make some recommendations? Actually, if you were to make open recommendations for men, like how do, how do we get better about not making you feel that way? Cause that's like stupid. Like it's actually like a, a stupid thing, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's fascinating because men would be like, we need to empower the world to make everyone feel welcome. And those same guys will do this. So I was like, wait, what? So, so what can men do to be better? Is it acknowledging stuff like this, like dead on? Is it like, what, what do we, how do we, how do we approach it for the guys that are listening that maybe don't know how to approach it um, and aren't as confident yeah. about it? Yeah. I mean, the, the best way that I would say like for a woman is like, I like feeling like, you know, the men in my life are fanning my flames. Um, that they're really supporting me and um, and cheering me on. You know, as a woman, that that feels really good. You feel like lifted up. Um, I, I hate the the competitive that that's so like icky to me. Um, and I I just it's you know it's an abundance. You, we get to have an abundant mindset. You know, we get to know that like that's just you know you getting yours isn't going to take from mine. You know, we live in an in a world of abundance. Um, so, you know, I think, I think the, the biggest thing that, that men can, can do is to give more women, uh, the benefit of the doubt, you know, to, to give, to actually ask them, like, you know, get them to, um, to open up to them about what it is, you know, they love what it is, what they're passionate about, like what their expertise is in, because, you know, even like I'll go to events sometimes and it's almost like, like the men are afraid to ask me. You know what I'm saying? And, and then it's like, and then finally one does, right? And then, and they're like, oh, so, you know, why are you here? Which is like the closest that they would get to, right, to like right. asking me, right? right? And, and, and then like this just happened actually. And I started sharing about, you know, what I do in my business. And it was just so funny that look of like, like they were kind of taken <laughs> back, you know? Right, right. And, and it's so funny. I'm like, you know, yeah. And so I think, you know, and that comes from, um, you know, not, not giving, women the benefit of the doubt. So the best thing that, that you can do as a man would just like, you know, be, be open to hearing from this woman and like really seeing her and really inviting her to speak about what she's passionate about. Um, that would be the best thing that you can do and cheering, cheering her on, fanning her flames. Like that feels really good coming from like my 
guy friends, I love that. It feels amazing. And again, like the, you know, my, my love language is words of affirmation, you know, and acts of service. So it's like, of course, like that feels good to anyone who has that love language, but yeah, that would be my two, my two things I would say that would be super supportive. That's interesting. That's why you like those mugs. Those mugs really. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Got it's all true. I'm a of, words girl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've got great <laughs> sayings on there and it, it kind of makes you feel bubbly and warms you up. I love that. That's so cool. Um, a lot of stuff to unpack. So you talked about like being your true self, being in that element. Uh, let's, let's talk mindset shifts. Let's, let's go there. Um, we all had those dark periods. Can you maybe walk the audience through period of darkness that you had and how you pulled out? Um, Mm -hmm. any key takeaways, triggers, things to look for anyone who might be going through a hard time currently. Um, I think that would be paint the picture for us. Um, might be a good journey to go on. Yeah. My darkest moments was when I was depressed. I was, um, diagnosed with severe anxiety disorder. I was popping anxiety meds every day. Um, and I mean, this, this went on through, you know, towards the end of my, like it was in high school all the way through my, you know, mid twenties. So it was, you know, I would have panic attacks. Um, I would need to get drunk before I hung out with, in order to hang out with people and feel comfortable. Um, I, I would look in the mirror and I hated who I saw. Um, you know, not just what I saw. I hated, I hated what I saw and I hated who I saw. Like I remember just wanting to be a different person and looking at other women and just comparing myself to them incessantly and just wishing that I could be more like her. Why wasn't, you know, why don't I have her body? Why don't I have her personality? Why don't I have her, you know? Um, and I was in such a place of, of, you know, really like self-hatred. I really, really did not like myself. And so of course, you know, my environment reflected uh, the way that I treated myself, you know, I was attracting, you know, relate like the relationships with the men that would come into my life treated me as worthless as I treated myself. Um, and, and, and that, that for me was definitely my, my darkest days. I mean, I remember, I, I remember like waking up in the morning, I would go to sleep at night and, and think, okay, tomorrow morning, I'll just wake up and like, I'll feel better. And then I would wake up and I just wouldn't want to get out of bed. And I would hold my knees to my chest and I would just like wish I could curl up in a ball and disappear. Like I truly would wish that. And, and I, I go back and I, I feel so much compassion for that, that part of my life and, and, and where I was in that point. And really the, the turning point for me was when I decided to invest in myself in a really big way. Um, I went to a four month long transformational training, which was very intense and like unexpectedly. So like, I remember on the first day, I thought I was going to a conference. Like I thought I was going to, I'd been to conferences, you know, I went to conferences stuff and, you know, obviously it didn't really do much for me. Um, and, uh, I went to this transformational training and I remember sitting there and I'm like, I had my arms crossed. And I was just like, what in the hell did I sign up for? (laughs) What is this thing? You know, and it was scary. And um, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful um, that I pushed through. I went all the way through the four months, which not everyone does. And um, it was the catalyst for me. It was the catalyst for my, the way that who I am today. That's what started my whole journey. And I would say to anyone listening, like the biggest takeaway to, to, to get from, you know, what I've shared so far is 
of my of that dark period and where I shifted is invest in yourself. Like it, that is what you if you are not happy with where you are today. And my dad would always say this: insanity is doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. Right? That's the definition of insanity. So you must be willing to do something radically uncomfortable, radically different. And that felt uncomfortable for me. Like I already hated conferences and social events as it was, you know, and let alone this freaking crazy training where you're like, it's super confrontive and, and like invasive. So, um, but you got to be willing to go there. So make the investment, you know, you, you can't expect others to invest time, energy, money in you if you're not willing to invest that in yourself. And that was the biggest takeaway for me is I actually come first. It's my opinion that matters. No one else's. It's the way that I view myself that matters. It's if I look in the mirror every morning and I can appreciate and embrace and love who and what I see in the mirror, that's everything. That's going to shift all of the results in my life. And the people that walk into my life are going to be reflections of that love that I have for myself. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was like really the, the big shift point for me. And then since then I've been on a journey of, of the transformation is a journey. It's not a destination. Like there's no such thing as being transformed. So I'm, I'm on the journey, you know, I'm consistently investing in myself. I keep going back, doing the work. I always have a coach, you know, I always make sure I have someone that's, um, helping me see my blind spots so I can continue to elevate and expand and grow because it's, this is a lifestyle. If you're on, if you're wanting to transform and change and grow, that's a lifestyle choice that you get to choose in every day. So yeah, oh. that that is definitely my my big pieces of of takeaways that I can share with you guys that you can on I can honestly say um, are my my biggest transformational points in my life for sure. Bombs dropped, bombs dropped, boom, boom. <laughs> Boom. I am loving it. Um, You mentioned mentors. You mentioned coaches. Um, You, um, as the rappers like to say, roll deep. Uh, (laughs) So who who are your little uh, credited mentors that you're willing to reveal? Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Shoot. Um, So uh, my, well, okay, I'm always first and foremost going to give the number one credit to my number one mentor, which is my father. My dad, he's always been there for me. My big, like when I'm in a big crisis of anything, like I'm in a big decision point, I always call my dad because he asks the best questions. Not because he tells me what to do, because he asks the best effing questions to get me in my truth. So shout out to Papa Bear. Always will um, put him as number one. Second would be, um, well, Ed Rush was my my first like business coach, um, and he was he was really great for me because when I started to, you know, um, expand my business. He was the one who told me like, okay, Ashley, you need like, you're worthy. You know, like he was really coaching me a lot on my worthiness. Um, in, and then of course, pricing myself accordingly in my business. Um, so big shout out to Ed Rush. I still am, you know, I still reach out to him from time to time. That was a, a year long. I was in a ma- his mastermind called you everywhere now with him and Mike Keonings. Um, and that was really powerful. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk has been a mentor to me for five years. Um, you know, he's, he's been huge for me. And when, when I really, really, uh, need him, he's always shown up. And I, I, I really 
respect the fact that, you know, his time is insanely valuable as we know. So I really do only reach out when I'm seriously in a pickle. Um, so like, for example, the last phone conversation we had was, um, you know, when I was in, I think I was in London back in June, you know, and that was like a 10 minute conversation. I got so much more out of that 10 minutes than I have in like some two hour coaching sessions, you know? So Gary has been pivotal in not just me personally advancing, but also me professionally um, growing as well. Um, uh, Does he tell and, you to like go down? He, he's, I could just see Gary being like, cause like he's got kind of has that Eastern European vibe that I have. I could see him being like, Ashley, get down there. I need you to go in the streets. I need you to get down there and get in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like he, when he, he'll, he puts his finger in my face. Like when we had an in-person meeting, that one that I told you about, he had his finger in my face and he was like, promise me you'll do this, Ash. Promise me you'll do it. You know what he's like? He's like really like aggressive, you know? And um, yeah, he's definitely like that. And he cuts me off, you know, left and right, like, which is good though. I appreciate it because he already knows what I'm going to ask him. So he's like, okay, I'm cutting you off. And he always says like, you know, actually I cut you off because I know what you're asking me and I'm just trying to give you the most value. Um, it's, it's a shortcut, right? And that's, that's yeah. why, whether that's Gary or Ed and, and you've got some other, I mean, phenomenal people in your network that mm-hmm. you leverage. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're very good at leveraging knowledge to uh, extract the core or the essence of what the lesson should be. And then you can take that essence and you can apply it all over the place. Um, and yep. that's, a, that's a very smart tactic, right? They always say, you know, if you want to be silly, learn from your own mistakes. If you want to be smart, uh, learn from everybody's mistakes. Yay. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's great. And, uh, you know, whether that's like, uh, I, I think uh, whether that's Gary, you know, breaking down your blind spots or uh, getting, uh, getting the map, as you will, for uh, a blueprint to, to achieve something. Uh, I think the key point there is like the accountability. Um, so can you talk yeah. a little bit about uh, what are you currently doing? Because I think we can unpack mentors a lot, but what I'd love to hear is what are you currently doing uh, with your business? And then what's uh, what I call the dark forest? I think we might've talked about this. It's, um, the, way, the way I view this is we wake up and we're kind of in the valley, the valley of light. Like I can do this. And that's, that's all the kind of the easy stuff, the, the social media posts, the, the blog, you know, the, the podcast, right? The podcast is easy. This is easy. This is fun. We've done them. They're good. They're great. But then there's the dark forest, which is that thing that kind of freaks you out. And you're kind of like, Ooh, I know like to, to evolve, to grow, to elevate. I need to go through that. But today I'm going to play in the valley. And mm-hmm. I truly view a lot of people, they get stuck in that. They, they play in the valley their whole lives and mm-hmm. they never go through the dark forest. Um, you've been through quite a few dark forests yourself from the conversations that you and I've had. Uh, but what's the one right now where, what are you doing currently? And what's that dark forest that you're like, I am kind of terrified, but also kind of excited to tackle that thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Business or professional? I mean, sorry, um, <laughs> business or personal? Um, <laughs> business or business? <laughs> let, let, business or professional? I'm like, who's the same? I'm, 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 business or personal? Uh, let, let's do business first. Let's do business okay, first. Okay. Um, that way the guys can kind of get familiarized with what you do because yeah. you are actually a rock star at like web design and getting designs out that look really freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that's something that for you is probably the valley, right? You've, you've mastered that. You, you're good at that, yeah. but there's got to be another level. Yeah. So talk about where you are, kind of what you do, and then the dark forest. I think it's always fascinating to unpack that because this podcast should be therapy for you. Otherwise I am not doing my job. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for me, the, the you're, you're right. I've been super comfortable on my, you know, we build beautiful 
high converting websites uh, for our amazing clients, um, which now I've decided, you know, as of, well, it was 2019 that I'm only serving, which was a big decision for me that I'm only serving conscious personal brands and heart-centered entrepreneurs, like people that are actually creating impact in the world. So AKA, I wasn't going to just take on a client just to take on a client anymore. I was really, I'm really intentional now about the clients that I want um, to have. So um, with that, yes, I've become, you know, really, you know, websites is definitely a bread and butter and a comfort um, zone for me, for sure. And we're great at it. The part that I'm expanding into that really scares me is really, uh, which the reason it, 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 it uh, scares me is because it's going to require significant investment from me into my business, which I have been regularly investing. Uh, this is like next level. So I'm really um, clear that the need is is there because, um, you know, as you know, a great, a great, uh, business will create products based on real problems that solve real problems and needs. And one problem and need that I've seen with my clients is, um, they, they want more support. Like they actually want support with the rest of their brand, not just their website, but like with all the things and, um, you know, social media content, um, social media growth, like they, um, they want, more hands-on. And so my next level for my business is being able to provide that consistent support for my clients in all areas of their of their um, marketing and their branding. So um, for example, I've just launched, uh, as I did my beta in, in last year uh, with uh, a few clients in, in my beta program, and now I'm like fully blown launching where I'm actually supporting my clients like full blown with social media, for example. So like that's the content creation. That's the, you know, the, the growth strategy where you're at, we're actually actively like not, you know, spammy growth, like real targeted growth, um, for my clients, helping them like with their PR, um, you know, and getting themselves out there more, like also supporting with, you know, the, the posting and the managing the, you know, the community, if they have a big community, making sure that they're responding to all of the comments, like my team going in and and doing those things. So, um, that's something that I am really scared about because I know the responsibility that's going to come with that. And for me, websites has always been like a, like a one and done, you know, I make the website. It's awesome. They love it. It works done, you know, shake hands, by, but this would be a long-term commitment, right? Like a long-term thing with my clients. And, and that definitely scares me. Um, I know that I get to expand my team in order to do that. Uh, and there's a lot of, of shifts that would happen internally in, in the structure of my business. So that I would definitely say is a big, that's the dark forest that I get to, to dance around in, to twirl and dance in. I think it's fun. I think even as you start unpacking it, you're like, "Uh oh, this question. And it's something yeah. that, that you have to face yourself, right? It's kind of like, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot, right? One of the big things we do is we support entrepreneurs, which is why we run the podcast, mm-hmm. is that very often, unless you're at a mastermind event or networking or uh, happen to be surrounded at that moment by some sort of support network, often those moments are you alone having to like figure it out. Those are the toughest ones, right? Because yeah. when you're, when you're at the convention, you're at the mastermind, you're doing that. Th- 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 those moments are revolutionary. They're often impactful, but they're also relatively easy because that support network is there. But then, you know, you, you get back home or you go back on the road and that support network, it's there, but it's, you know, it's through this little guy, right? It's through, through the little phone. And uh, it's not always right there in front of you. 
And so I think unpacking stuff like that is, is very important because it makes it real for you, for yourself. Yeah, and then you say can it say it out loud too. Yeah, to when you say it out loud, exactly. And you can almost hear a little bit of like the trepidation in your voice mm-hmm. as you say it. And that's really good because yeah. I'm excited for it now. And see, when I get excited, that whole thing about, you know, uh, fanning your flames, I'm pumped up because now you're looking at not just uh, web, web dev, now you're almost looking at not even just agency, now you're looking at almost talent management in a unique way, right? Because mm-hmm. in order to position the brand, you have to understand their psychology, you have to help yep. them. Um, yep. Influencers are, are notoriously over-creative. I'll use that word, you know, over-creative, right? Uh, and so um, it's fascinating for you to, to, to get that little turbo boost, like right now, like turbo boost button, boop, let, let, let's, let's let Ashley like whoop, through that little forest and like get that little boost that you need. Um, <laughs> and it's good to get that support, right? So uh, I think it's good. Those of you that are listening, um, go to Ashley's uh, Instagram handle at Ashley.Han or Han, Han, Han H-A-N-N. <laughs> Brutal. I got you. I got you. Uh, yes. <clears throat> Um, Michael, will you edit that previous? I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, keep, keep, keep that there. Um, yeah. And, and uh, give her some love because it's, it's huge. I'm excited to see that. I think you're going to absolutely crush it and, and props. Um, so let's, uh, let's kind of circle back full circle. Okay. So uh, super cool. One of the big reasons why I asked that question is because, uh, hello, you do real stuff. That's really cool. Uh, so can you talk hey, about- thanks. Yeah, for sure. No, it's like totally. It's really cool, right? It's, it's like real things that get like get people results. It's awesome. Um, what what are some of the skills that you're seeing that maybe you feel like you are not missing, but are going to need to develop that you maybe don't quite know how? Is that like team management, leadership, contracts? What's what are some of the things that you're seeing on the horizon? You're like, uh oh, I'm going to have to learn that. Oh, for sure. Building team, building team and, and the best way to build it. Right. So like starting with, you know, for example, you know, project manager versus like an operations, you know, person versus like, you know, another creative person, you know, it's like, what are the priorities in that? And that's something I've, I've been actually discussing with, with my V, my VCFO, my virtual CFO. And, and like working on that with her is like, okay, when we're expanding, when we really start to expand, what is that going to look like? Because obviously I can't hire them all at once, right? It's going to be like an incremental thing that's going to be like happening. Um, so it's like, what are the priorities? Like what's first and foremost the need? Um, and then, you know, how do I build that out in a way that, that makes the most sense for, you know, what we're, what we're stepping into. And um, the second thing would of course be to how to create like the biggest challenge I see. And I, I'm, I'm excited about this challenge though. Cause like, I, I feel like I'm going to totally figure it out um, is building culture virtually. Okay. Um, That's going to be my second question. So this is yeah, perfect. because this is perfect. my whole business is virtual and I'm really, I, I, I get excited about that because I, I like that it's virtual. And I love the fact that like, for example, you know, my, my head designer, he lives in Bali with his girlfriend and I go to Bali a lot. So it's cool when I go there, we do get to meet up and I take him out to, to lunch or dinner or whatever. And, and that's really nice. And um, and so I, I, I like to have virtual teams. The biggest thing is, is, is to maintain connection and culture with them because sometimes you can feel disconnected because you're not in a room with them. You're not sitting with them. You know what I mean? And, and there's, there's nothing that really replaces that truly. However, I do believe that there's ways that you can create culture like, um, with, you know, in a virtual way and create consistent connection to where I want my 
my my team to always feel valued. I want them to feel loved. I'm super goofy on the calls, like with them when I'm they're on that. I'm like, oh, I love you guys. Da, da, da. Like I'm so like mushy gushy with them. And they, some of them, like the guys are just kind of like, you know, embarrassed. They're like, okay, Ashley, like, you weirdo. But that's part of the culture, you know? Um, I, I like to kind of instill that in them so they can feel comfortable um, being like loving and, and close and connected and intimate with each other as well. So I could also see you being a total beast though, of being like, get it done. Why is it? Where's my website? Da, 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 da. Right. So, so, see, so you have to have both, right? Cause it, exactly. Yeah. It's about, it's about creating harmony um, because absolutely that's essential. And I've had times where yes. Um, and that's one thing I'm, I'm, I'm actually really learning right now is, is being super like stern, clear, and um, at the same time, like making sure that my team knows that they are valued um, and that like they, I, I don't ever want it to come across of a, like I'm blaming. I want them to take responsibility for things when things don't go the way. Like, you know, I have that happen a lot with my right hand, Marge, you know, she's like, call her Sergeant Marge. She's like, in, she's the one in charge. You know, she's, she's my OBM. She does all the online, she manages all my online things. And so, you know, every now and then, she's human. She ain't a robot. You know, she's going to mess up on something. And so I've been really working at, okay, making sure that I'm really being stern, which I definitely can be a little, little scary that way. And like, I'm, I'm also, when she's doing really well, I'm acknowledging her when she does really well. You see what I'm saying? So it's about like kind of creating that, that harmony where I'm not only speaking to her in that way when I'm correcting and giving her like interruptive feedback. I'm also giving her like positive reinforcement and I'm acknowledging and praising her when she does things great. You know, yes. so it's, it's creating that like harmony and flow with, with my team. And I've been really practicing that. Totally. Yeah. We, the amount of reframes, because uh, a lot of my agencies remote too, the amount of reframes you have to do to get people bought in to where it's like late at night, you're not there. They have to do the work and to get them to not just do the work, but to be excited about it. Because it, and I truly believe a lot of the stuff we do is there's energy in it, right? There's an energetic mm -hmm. capacitance there, um, which relates to identity, which I want to circle back around to. And that'll probably be the big topic that we unpack. Um, you mentioned calls. Do, do you do them daily, weekly, like? Um, weekly. So I have a, a weekly mm -hmm. call with um, my core team. And uh, it's a very laser call. There's times where it literally will only take a, like 10 minutes. And there's times uh -huh. where it may take like, you know, 30 minutes. Um, but on that call, the ma my main goal for that call is to us to really connect on the, the goals and the priorities for the week. Um, and for us to like, it's really important. I, I have it a requirement that they all, that they have their videos on. Cause I also want us to be able to connect see that each other. way. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And see each other. It's important. Um, uh, because everything we're always, we live in Slack, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> so yep. like we're like living there. Um, yeah. so yeah, I do those weekly. And then of course with my OBM, I, I get on with her, you know, more frequently cause she's like running the show. She's, she literally, she runs my Ashley hand show. She like, she runs everything. So, um, some, like I have her a lot of the times when I have coaching calls with my coaches, um, she, or, you know, clients that are people that I've hired, um, I, I have her in on those calls with me because she's going to be the one that's going to take everything and run with it, not me. You see what I'm right. saying? So she, she's like, her and I are a lot more connected. But for the core team, once a week, we do. We that's do a call. Killer. Okay, so, yeah. so let's re rewind back before we go into the identity. Let's rewind back because I think a lot of people listening, they're trying to be a one-man show or a one-woman show, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, I will be the solopreneur. I will do it. And I'm sure that 
roughly how most people start. I'm sure you had that moment. Yeah. When did you have the moment that you're like, I'm going to hand off the reins? And how did you deal with the fear and uncertainty and the accountability components of handing the wheel over and saying, run with it. I know mistakes will happen. We're going to adjust. But then kind of that, that moment of letting go. Yeah. Uh, can you rewind us back to that and walk us through it? Yeah. Well, um, when you start out, when you're just starting out creating your business, of course, like I did everything in the beginning. Um, when you're just starting out, when you start to make um, profit, um, it's really important that you reinvest it back into your business, which I know can be very scary. Uh, so when I started profiting from my efforts, I actually really got clear on what it was that I actually like hated doing. Like the, you know, the stuff that just like drain you, right? Like the tedious things. And you're just like, okay, it's definitely not my zone of genius, A. And B, it feels exhausting. Um, it doesn't fill me up at all. Um, those are the things that, uh, that I outsource, right? That I, that I would hire for, that I would delegate. And when you're just starting out, to be clear, like I didn't have full-time, I didn't hire full-time people until like you know, that, that was until later. I, I would just kind of outsource project by project basis, which I feel like is, is really smart um, when you first start out. Uh, so I definitely did that. And, you know, when, when it comes to, God, that question that you asked, surrendering and like letting go of the reins and of the, because of course it's your baby, you know, like you're, when you create your business, like you have attachment to it. Like it's your baby. And you're like, you're like, I built this with my bare hands and like, you know, and then you're like, you're handing off a piece of it and you're like, but, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a growth experience, um, that you must go through if you want to grow your company. And, uh, the biggest thing I can say for me, cause I'm a big perfectionist, um, and I'm still working through this, that I, uh, will let go of perfection. I ask myself this question a lot where I, I say, like, let's say that Marge does, you know, she, she uploads the, you know, the wrong audio, the audio that doesn't sound as good. Let's just say that happens. Right. I just have, I just get to breathe and ask myself like, okay, so what will my audience really, will they really care as much as I care. Cause I'm always going to care the number one, like I'm the number one carer yeah. of my business. Okay. Yeah. You can't compete with caring as much as I care about my business. So the thing that you got to remember is, is that the person who cares about perfection is you. It's not your, it's not your audience. Like they don't, they don't care as much. Um, and at the end of the day, like you got to let go of that perfection and just know, like there's times where I see like typos on things and I'm like, you know, and at first it'll like really get to me. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? It's not a big deal. You just learn to stop sweating the small stuff and you just learn to like focus on what matters. And um, of course, on, con on continuous improvement, like, like um, I I've got to trust, I, I have my hands completely off the wheel. And I know that like when it comes to my podcast, my hands are completely off the wheel. And, um, and I'm even letting go more and more every week. And it's like, I, I really uh, have learned through that to uh, trust my team. They feel empowered. So they start performing really well. I'm holding up my phone because I'm always talking to them on my phone. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but like <laughs> they that. feel empowered to do well because when, when, when this is the thing, when you're, when people feel trusted by you to handle something that's so big, right. They are actually going to care that much more. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Cause they're like, wow, she trusts me to do this.
So you've got to, you've got to let go of the reins and you've got to let go of perfection. It's a practice. It's a muscle that you got to keep flexing. And the only way to flex is flex it is by you letting go and delegating period. Totally. Totally. It's huge. Uh, you know, it's like that extreme ownership. I still flip when there's typos. I still flip and that, and I flip <laughs> yeah. hard. I go full Gary. I go full, like, how are you going to get like, like imagine scratching. Like, I think I use words like imagine scratching the Lambo. Like I use just outrageous <laughs> references, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's just completely like not calibrated whatsoever. There will be like, you know, like one word will be on the wrong line. And I'm like, how did you not see the thing that only I see? And then, you're, and then you do have to kind of take a step back. And I think doing it from fun. So one thing I've done with my team that's fascinating is I've, I've kind of trained them. To, to laugh together with me at my perfectionism. That's worked really well, where I'm like, how dare you? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And then, it's, and then it becomes this like fun thing. So they know I'm not yelling at them. It's just kind of, you know, it's Mikhail mode. I call it Mikhail mode. Like he's gone <laughs> Mikhail mode again. It's like, it's, like, it's like a weird glitch button, you know? It's like, whoa, he's just crazy. And I'm like, I'm wild and crazy. It's gotta be perfect. They're like, no way, you know? And like, they, they know it's serious to where they gotta fix it, but it doesn't drain everybody to where it's like a, you know, a, a boss type of scenario. So we found that to work um, pretty well, pretty fun. It's, I'm sure it's not the first time you've had this condo, but I think it's important. Um, you talked a lot about identity and there's, there's a lot more I could unpack. We have a lot of notes, mm-hmm. but, but, but I, think, I think for this one, um, this is very relevant to a, to a lot of conversations that I'm having with entrepreneurs that are pushing their boundaries is what comes first. Is it the result or is it the identity? And uh, I've got a certain belief about it, but instead of sharing my belief about it, maybe have you share your belief is what comes first, the identity? Is it the action? Is it the result? Is it the belief? Is it the blind faith that you need to have? Uh, Where do you start? Yeah. um, I definitely think that uh, our beliefs are insanely powerful. And if we deep down, like let's just take it as simple as a sales call. Like say you want to close a client. right? Like you want to get this new client. If you don't believe that you can really give value to this client, then they're probably not going to see the value that you can give them. You know, like sales is an exchange of confidence, AKA like belief, you know, it's you believing in what you're providing. And, um, and that it is of value. Um, so in the same, that can go for anything. And I think that um, we must believe first that we are capable, that I am the type of person who like one thing that I'm super clear on that I, I'm like, I'm without a doubt clear on is I'm such a woman of integrity, right? That That's my identity. Like I am a woman of integrity. If I ever get in a situation where my client's not happy or anything like that ever happens. Like I, I know without a strand of a doubt that I will be a maniac on a mission to making it right. Like, I just know that, like, that's just my, that's who I am. Right. So that's an identity thing. And, um, and that really comes out strongly with my clients. And I just believe, I believe it's why my business had, has done so well organically and through referrals is because I'm trusted in that way because I'm a a woman of integrity. So I really, I believe that it really does start with um, us believing and taking on the identity of, okay, what's someone who would like, say you have a result, like a specific tangible result, like you want to make, you know, 500 K next year, like you want to make 500 K, you want to make half a mil. 
Um, do you, ha, is your thermostat set for half a million? Like, do you honestly believe that? Because if you don't, then you're not going to, it's not going to happen. You're going to either find ways to sabotage or you're going to get nervous and not close a sale. That's really big. You know what I'm saying? And if we, we need to create the container, like we're the container. Okay. So I'm the container, you're a container. We're our own containers. We, the only, what's going to fit the results that are going to fit in this container is determined by us. So we can either expand the container or contract it. So if we get a result that's too big for our container, it will fall out. Right. So that's how I look at it. And our, you can look at our container as our, our belief system, our, and our identity, right? Like who we are, uh, who we be. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. What's yours? What's yours, Mikhail? You tell me, fill me in. Okay. All right. So I have developed this concept I call the dial and the dial says that you can totally manipulate your own psychology to be whoever you want to be whenever you want to be it. And you can set it and you kind of set it to a setting, just like the normal setting on your washer or dryer. You could set it to be entrepreneur, right? And you're like entrepreneur. Okay. Eclectic, et cetera. Right. Um, I talk about like the five levels of the visionary, which is, uh, first we're a baby, right? And, uh, pros and cons. Uh, so being a baby, well, the, the cons are your, your baby. You can't really do a lot. Uh, the pros are you're infinitely curious and creative, right? Completely unbridled, unstifled. Then we become worker bees, right? So uh, pros and cons. Well, cons are that it's a little too consistent, sometimes not inspiring. Uh, pros are that you get a lot of stuff done, right? Really consistent. Then we become what I call the, the self-executive, the executive, which uh, pros are things like leadership, things like team dynamics, things like ability to set a direction and go there, uh, cons are the pressure that comes from having to do that. And then those three together, so uh, the baby, the worker bee, and the executive kind of combine together into a fourth level I call entrepreneur. So uh, that's my little framework for it. And then mm -hmm. uh, there's a fifth called visionary and how to get from entrepreneur to visionary, something we'll unpack mm -hmm. maybe at a different time, um, you know, over... Uh, what have you, organic uh, acai bowls or something. Uh, so that'll be fun. <laughs> um, so, so that's my approach is uh, there's a dial and then you have to have the beliefs first. So I believe it's identity. Identity defines beliefs. Beliefs define actions. Actions go into what I call the pool. And the pool is uh, the world. The, the pool is life. And then there's a reflection. There's a ripple effect of those actions that then yeah. reflect a certain identity uh, back to you. But you can't expect that reflection to match that internal identity until you've done that ripple effect several times. So you have to start with that identity. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of they trust the ripple effect that they're given from the world, from the pool. They trust that ripple effect off of uh, nothing, off of nothing. So if someone uh, bullies you, right? If someone bullies you and puts you down, you trust that ripple effect because mm. you think, oh, that is who I am. And then they attach their internal identity to that. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, especially for entrepreneurs, there comes a point where you kind of say, screw everybody. Like there's a point where you're like, screw everyone. It's, 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 it's the me show. It's the me show. It's a little bit, um, I think, narcissistic, sociopathic. It has certain elements of those. Um, I think you and I are hardcore empaths, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think to exist as an empath in uh, what is kind of uh, the world of the, the, the sociopath in a way, because business is, uh, is a whole nother topic that we can unpack at, uh, at a different episode or um, in some sort of in-person session or something, because that's, that's a whole nother doozy yeah. and it's fascinating. But I believe um, w there comes a point where you distrust the reflection that the pool is giving you as inconsistent with who you want to be. And mm -hmm. then you flip the script 
you redefine the identity, you switch those beliefs, you erase beliefs that didn't serve you, you install new beliefs, that in turn creates a new pathway of action. And that pathway of action cascades down into new reflections, which then allow you to re-cement that new identity. So that's the way that I approach it. But I'm also a weirdo. I love that. And I have a big bear behind me. So I don't, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if anyone should. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> yeah. perfectly centered on it too. I try. I tried hard. Yeah. There you go. I, see? I see that. And well, by the way, you're, you're totally right. It's orange. Oh, yeah. I see it now. Totally an orange dress. I was totally wrong. It took a little while for my eyes to calibrate. Well, okay, well, you're still wrong because it's not a dress. It's a top, but you're getting closer. That's the point. I'm, you know, no. you know, men weren't born very smart with this stuff. So it it's works out. Good. It works well, out. I, I like what you said because, um, you know, it, you can look at it as programming, you know, we're, we're programmed at a young age uh, to believe certain things. And um, what's important to realize is that we have the ability to reprogram uh, what is not working. Like there's, there's clear stuff that we can actually pinpoint and say, this ain't working. Like this is not working for me. Like, I, I mean, I could, I could go, like, I still have things in my life that aren't working for me, which I know has to do with probably past programming, past experiences. Um, and, beliefs that aren't serving me. And so when we're, when we're brave enough to get really honest and shine the light on that darkness, that's when, that's when like the real shit happens. Like, sorry, I just cussed on, on the thing. Oh, Lordy. Oh no. How freaking dare you? (laughs) Who's your editor? Is it Michael? Um, he's, yeah, he's not real. We we made him up. (laughs) Don't, don't you dare fucking edit that out. (laughs) <laughs> we're keeping that you believe me we're going joe rogan with this we're going full joe rogan <laughs> let's, let's talk about our our latest spiritual journeys and go deep uh we, yes. you know yes. <laughs> yes let's wander into the jungle um god we, we could do we could totally do this forever um okay what, what i like to do since we've been going over an hour and i'm sure you and i could chat forever and ever and ever and ever and it'd be awesome yeah. i'd love to have you back at some point first off and unpack some of the things that uh, we talked about that I think would be fascinating to unpack. Um, what I want you to do is kind of go back. So there was something you mentioned about that transformational training that you did. And the word that you used was invasive. And um, that was one of the things that I kind of couldn't let slip out because I think there's something subconsciously that says, wait a minute, what do you mean invasive? Um, are we talking, you know, mental surgery, et cetera, et cetera. So what I want yeah. you to do is this. I want you to get invasive to the people that are watching and listening and get in their heads and then rewire their little brains and then uh, give them a call to action for how they can get a hold of you, find out more about you and get your coaching if you have coaching or whatever your thing is that you're doing that is that dark forest. Um, But first, I want you to dissect their little brains, break them down. You know, make them cry if you have to. You can make them, you can make, you guys are about to cry. Uh, you can make them cry. You can make them laugh. Um, uh, I think it'd be fascinating to see kind of your version of it. And th- like, maybe that could be like a little transference of karma from that moment that you had before to everyone who's listening. And uh, maybe it will help them, period. It will maybe just help them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I will say, uh, and, invasive for me, what that meant is, um, yeah, disrupting my world, you know, disrupting, like actually coming in and saying things that nobody would, nobody has ever said to me because frankly, you know, they're probably being people pleasers. Right. Um, and 
I was showing up in such a way uh, that wasn't working. I was showing up in a way that wasn't working. And um, I had people really call me out on it and disrupt, like poke my bubble, AKA like, like get in and, and shatter everything that I thought was true. So I mean, in, in, in order to do that, and I do this, by the way, I, I go back to that training and I volunteer regularly and I will have experiences of people. So it's really based on an experience. Like we all, like, just so you know, like you listening right now, yes, you, there are people have experiences of you in snap. I'm talking like 0.001 of a second. People are already having an experience and impression of you. Okay. And some of those things, yes, maybe positive. Cool. There's dark stuff too, though. There's ways that you come off that are not working for you. And you probably don't want to face it. You know, you don't want to think about those things. You want to just stay over here where it's comfortable for you. And you don't want to have to deal with the ways that you're self-righteous. You don't want to have to deal with the ways that you're, um, you know, stuck up or selfish or, you know, a scared little girl or a scared little boy or, you know, all, all these, these parts ab- about you that like you actually show up and people are seeing it, but they don't care enough to tell you the truth. Truly, they care more about themselves and them looking good and people pleasing you than telling you the truth about you and about what's in what's standing in your way from being the best possible version of you. You have shit that is standing in your way from achieving your greatness. And people aren't going to tell you that. You have got to find it out for yourself. And the only way that you can do that is when you get real about what is not working in your life. So the best way that you can identify. And by the way, you listening, you know, you know what's not working for you. You know exactly what it is. You're just pretending not to know. You're pretending not to know. And so when you can get real with yourself and ask yourself, okay, what am I pretending not to know and why? Because it's fucking painful. Like we don't want to deal with that stuff. So the best way, like I'm going to be really like um, vulnerable here and share something is like, I know for sure that there's ways about me that don't work when it comes to uh, relationships. Proof is in my pudding. Like, don't be a victim. I'm not naive to think that, oh, well, it's just because I haven't met the right person yet. Or it's just because that, you know, friend did this and da, da, da. Like, no, I'm the common denominator here. And so are you. Like you are a common denominator to the experiences that continue to happen in your life. If you don't have, let's let, you know, if we talk about love and relationships, if you don't have a partner, like it's not just because like you're a victim of some circumstance of scarcity and there's no one out there for you. We live in a planet of 7.5 billion people. <laughs> like there's something about you that's not working. There's something about you that's not working. If you're not happy, there's something about you that's not working. If your business isn't successful, there's something about you that's not working. Because guess what? You are source. Every result in your life is sourced by you, period. So when you can get real and take ownership and responsibility for all of the things, including the ugly stuff, and not say that I'm some victim and all, all life is happening to me. And it's because that person did this and this, you know, and the economy crashed there and da, 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 And you're this victim of this, these life experiences. No, you're not. 
And you got to get real with yourself on that. And that's something like right now, I'm, I'm being super vulnerable. I haven't shared this on a podcast. Like I am in this point in my life where I told myself, like I hired a love coach this year. Like I dropped a lot of money on a like private love coach because I'm clear that I've gotten really great this past, you know, especially five years of my journey. I've been really focused on self-love on really loving myself. Now I'm in a space where I know I want a partnership. I know I want a family someday. You know, I know I want marriage. I know I want all those things. Like there's a reason why I haven't, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been ready for it yet. There's something about me that's not working, you know? So I'm committed to, I'm committed to transforming that. I'm committed to going in. And so to those of you listening right now, if identify the area in your life that is not working, that you want more than anything to work, like you want it to be a certain way and it's not that way, I want you to focus on that area and actually write out the BS stories you've been telling yourself, the actions you've been taking that aren't working, which are, by the way, based on your BS stories that you tell yourself, the BS beliefs that you, that you tell yourself. And actually ask, ask yourself, like, get real, like, hey, I'm not a victim. These thoughts, beliefs, and actions are costing me this result. And then ask, like, really honestly, we don't do things as human beings unless we, unless there's some initial perceived benefit like some reward to it. We don't do it. So if you're um, unhappy in like your business or a, say personal relationships, you're actually getting off somewhere from that. You've got to get real about what this false benefit is that you think that you're getting by running this whole program, by running this whole identity that, oh, I'm not like, I'm not meant for public speaking. Like I'm just a bad public speaker. Like, no, you're not. You're creating that. So why are you creating that? What are you protecting? What are you pretending not to know? So like, this is a process that I, I coach my clients on. Um, and it's really powerful when you take yourself through this and you get real with why you're doing something because we all do it for a reason. And then if that benefit is actually worth what it's costing you, because you say you want happiness and you're not there on that, say that certain area of your life, it's up to you to transform that no one else. It's not up to society. It's not up to the economy. Like it's up to you. So that's oof. what I had to say. Oof. <laughs> well, oof. feels good. It's, oof. it's, it's spicy. It's, it's spicy. It's got a like kick. It's spicy. It's good. It's the best. Sweet with a um, side of spice. That's me. Oh, that's the, with a s extra side of sass. Um, <laughs> might be the other way around. How can people, um, contact you? What do you recommend? Uh, what's the best channel? And then I've got a little clinic I want to run on the, uh, also here in a sec on unpacking some of the things you mentioned, but how do people find out about your stuff? Yeah. Um, so ashley.hann on, uh, Instagram, that's where I hang out. Um, pretty much all the time. So I'm there chilling. Uh, so you can reach out to me there. My website's ashleyhand.com. And yeah, that's it. Okay. Let me take a moment here and unpack some of the things he said, because I think this is extremely powerful. Um, those of you that are listening, uh, you ever been in a relationship? You know, you ever have a, a significant other and you ever have that relationship not work out? Um, 
look back and just take a moment and look at what you learned. Look at what you learned from that. Uh, sometimes what it really takes is a transparent feedback mechanism. Um, I'm just going to say it. Sometimes what it takes is a woman to tell you as a man what you are not acknowledging for yourself. Those mm-hmm. beliefs that you're not seeing, those things that you're not facing in the mirror. And let's call it for what it is. We're all scared shitless deep down in a way because we're these little people on this rock and we're kind of scared. We can't figure out whether or not we are the center of our own universe or if we're completely disposable and not important and we all seek importance. And the way that we seek that I think is unique and different for every single one of us. Um, But one of the biggest ways that you can get closer to that is to identify with source and to put yourself at the seat of power and to channel those energies that you have in the time that you have here into something that is great, that is beautiful, that makes a difference in your life and in the lives of others. And sometimes what you need in order to be able to do that is a catalyst, a moment of change, a key that unlocks that power you already have inside of you that, let's face it, you are either too scared or not able to unlock or you're actually choosing not to. You're choosing not to because Mm -hmm. when you do unlock it, that means you have to grow. That means you have to evolve. That means you have to be something different. Change scares us. Mm -hmm. And what I urge for you to do, if, if, if you're still listening to this podcast and you're still here, uh, which I hope you are, and if you're not, how dare you, um, <laughs> is, is to message Ashley, actually, because uh, often it's having somebody else hold up the mirror to your own faults, to your own insecurities that are going to make you swallow that bitter pill. And what really matters is the end result. What really matters is that version of you that walks out on the other side all those fears, all those false beliefs, uh, they're not serving you. And not only that, they are also tricking you into thinking that they are serving you. Yeah. Self-protection, OCD, um, trauma, uh, self-validation of belief patterns. I mean, you name it. Um, and those of you that want to be successful entrepreneurs, you know, we, we've got a, a training that we're doing and says the number one reason entrepreneurs fail. Uh, and it's not a lack of systems. It's not an inability to sell. It's not marketing. It's not branding. It's not product placement. It's not market fit. It's not niche. It's not copywriting. It's that you are at the mercy of your own psychology and you need someone sometimes to hold up that mirror, hand you the key and give you the permission to unlock that power and make it safe. And uh, every single time I've spoken with Ashley, she's always done that for me and has given me great insights into my own psychology that I very often was not willing to face myself. So if that's not a testimonial, I don't know what is. Check out her oh. stuff. She is awesome. Um, so there you go. You can find her at Ashley Hanawacker. Well, you know what? With reprogramming, though, you just made a really good point. Consist- or, I mean, uh, practice practice, 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 consistent practice. Like you, you, it's not something like pe- some people's like, oh, I'm going to reprogram overnight. Like I'm going to do this one thing and it's going to repro. No, like it's a new way of being. So we've got to practice it and flex the muscle over and over again. So like, absolutely. Well, and then you don't have Perfect an E example. at the end of it. So I want to say Ashley Han <laughs> and then there's no E. And so I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Um, so yeah, like here's what we're going to do. We are going to 
together. Let's go through. Do you have a, a prayer? We're going to wrap with this. You mentioned you pray. Do you have a prayer you're maybe willing to share with the audience? <laughs> or if it's too personal, I can do mine. I've got one also that I made. Oh, up I would to- love to hear your. Okay. Well, has, you, you have they hear- heard your prayer before? I don't know if they've heard it. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever dropped it. I might have once, but I don't think, I don't recall. So do you, do you want to hear mine? You sound excited. You, I mean, yeah, you, I, mean, you, I, I was like, I, I would love that. I love, so, I would love that. And I think okay, your so, audience would too. Yeah, right? totally. So, so let's do it. Let's, and let's wrap with that. Um, hit up Ashley, get her coaching. She's awesome. Uh, links will be down below. Uh, and now without further ado, so this is a custom one I made up. Uh, I was going through a pretty difficult time last year, uh, which we can chat about at a separate moment. Um, was actually suicidal for a bit of that. And this was one of the things that pulled me out. So we will end with uh, my prayer that I say every single day I go, I hit the gym and then I lift heavy and then I do uh, steam and then I do a cold shower and I crank the shower to ice cold and uh, I let the water come down and I say this prayer in the cold water. That's my little morning ritual. Um, And that is, um, dear Lord, forgive me, protect me and guide me towards the temple of flickering light. The valleys of sin and the mountains of struggle we will overcome. As sure as the dawn of the sun when it rises and night when it sets, your generous blessings and gifts I will never forget. I give you my body, my heart, and my soul through the passage of time. For in every single moment in which I am yours, you are mine, and together we shine. I ask you today for the courage to love, the power to win, for shield and sword for the battles to come, both without and within. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I love that. Did you write that? Yeah, that's me. Oh, that's so, so awesome. Thank that's you. That's so beautiful. When did you write that? Like, how long have you been doing that? About a year and a half, I want to say. Um, it started with just the beginning of it. And then what I'll do is I will add things. So I ask you today for the curse of the power to win. Um, and then I will add things there for my family. I'll add things there for my friends, um, situational kind of yeah. little moments of gifts, of blessings, of um, empowerment. And um, it's evolved with time and will probably continue to evolve. Um, but it's yeah something that I say every single day uh, to connect to source, uh, to bring a certain sense of light and goodness and purity into what is a world that I believe could really use more of it. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, I love it because I don't say, I, for me, I don't say a consistent, like the same prayer every day. There's like probably little phrases that I, I definitely say. Um, but mine, like day, day by day, it's pretty different. I mean, I say gratitude a lot for, for the, what's happening now in, in my life. Um, but yeah, so that was really inspiring to hear. You're inspiring me into creating something like that for myself. So thank you. For sure. Let's, Taking my prayer game up another level. I love yeah, it. Stepping it up. Um, <laughs> Ash, you're the best. Thank you so much for coming on. And I know we went a little over. You've just been an absolute blessing. Um, you're just awesome. Okay. You rock. Uh, keep inspiring. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure we'll circle back around and have you on again. Uh, I'm sure I'll be on yours. And uh, we'll you already have been on mine. You get to come on again. Oh, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'm going to wear an orange shirt. It's totally red, but I can't tell. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for unpacking. It's huge. It's awesome. All the links we're going to include, all the call to actions are going to be there. Uh, and just thank you for being here 
and just being human and being awesome and being rad. And um, yeah, I'm going to be sending you blessings and let me know, hit me up when you figure out um, your little custom prayer. And then, you know, I'm really excited to, to check that out now. It's going to be really awesome. And of course, I'm going to see that as content. Now you're going to hold me accountable, right? Oh, heck yeah. Of course. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you learn from the best. I'm going to stick my finger in your face. I'm going to go, say your prayer. Say your prayer. Promise me, Promise me you will. Do it. Do it. I'm going to see you randomly. I'm going to like, say your prayer. We'll be like at a train station or like Where did a the random... accent come from? Just wondering. Oh, I just have to do it. I got to go full, full preacher mode, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love oh you. You're, You're awesome. the best. You're a blast. <laughs> Uh, let's rock and roll. I don't really have a wrap up. So this is one thing I'm terrible with is rapping podcasts. So, because I, I, I just rant, I just rant. Like my team, my team, I've trained my team to do this and we'll wrap with this. I've trained them to tell me how long I've been ranting. So, so <laughs> they will interrupt and they will say eight minutes and I'm like, doesn't matter. Your eight minutes are nothing. <laughs> it's like, we're just particles in the universe. And then they're like 12 minutes. And I'm like, dang, I just spent. <laughs> what is time? I am time. I'm the source of time. <laughs> totally. That's totally me. And my team just has to sit there and take it because they can't just leave the call. So now what some of these guys are doing, they're just leaving the calls after like, <laughs> like okay, bye. I'm, <laughs> just like, I'm out. We're Peace. done. <laughs> totally. Because uh, they know I love them to death. So um, yeah, lots of love. I'm giving you positive vibes. You're the best. Uh, do you have a quote? Okay, so we do have a way to wrap this. Um, <laughs> let's say you're a grandma. You're old. You're a grandma now. You're like 95 or 100 or something or 110. I don't know how long you're going to live. You're going to be a firecracker. And, and you're sitting there and it's like kind of like the last day and you have like grandkids and you've solved all those little like, you know, relationship things you were talking about. You figured it out. You, that's it. You're wise. You you're awesome, you're wise, and you're a grandma, or like, I guess, great, 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 whatever, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like your last day on this little planet that we're on. And, you know, your grandkids come to you and they go, what, how do I live my life? How do I do it? And then you got like one little tidbit of info to share with them on how to be awesome sauce people. What okay, ready, I have five words. Uh-oh, shoot. Let joy be your guide, period. Let joy be your guide. Yeah, enjoy life. If we're not enjoying the process every moment, then what are we doing? Because we're never guaranteed a next moment. You know, that's, I've actually like had this where you speak to people who are in, you know, retirement homes and they say like, I just wish I would have enjoyed more moments like really been present and enjoyed more moments because those like you don't get them back. You have like right now we have this moment together, you and I, and we can choose to be present and enjoy this moment or we can choose to resist it and be focused on what's happening next and not be here and enjoying the here. So I would say like consistently letting joy be our guides and um and creating like creating joy in every moment as many moments as we can being present creating joy and being present 100 percent. it's the most important it really is a revolution we've never wavered in that vision i believe we should try to do things in his spirit. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. 